Hey guys, what's going on? We're back. We're live. It's here. It's Wednesday. And Marvel's second biggest opening of all time just happened. Black Panther hit theaters and it was crazy. We can't freaking wait to talk to you guys about it. This movie was amazing. We'll see you in just one second to break the whole thing down. Wakanda forever. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. One of the movies this song could actually have been in. Yeah, this could have been totally. Should have been. This should have been Michael B. Jordan music been, every yeah. time it came. Every in. time he came on screen. What's up, everybody? We're back. We're live. We're here. We're talking Black Panther. My goodness, it's been a long time. It's been so long. It's you guys been... got the real bait and switch you guys thought because we were fools and forgot to inform the studio that runs the show that we were actually doing a live episode this week. Yeah, this uh, last <laughs> week was one of those weeks where you and I. We feel like we've really got a grasp on our lives. Yeah. That's the lie. We don't. We don't actually feel that. Sometimes we pretend that we do. And this yeah. last week was one of those weeks where it was like, no, you don't. Remember, there's a lot of shit going on. Um, yeah, I landed this morning from New York at 2 a.m. Yeah, and you've got a premiere tonight at game night. You're yeah. doing the show. You're doing so much more than I am today. Yeah. Today's kind of one of my chill days. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, I needed it. I really needed it. Uh, guys, hello. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. I'm so excited to talk about Black Panther. This movie was... It was excellent. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I got to see this. I saw this in New York uh, on Thursday of last week, probably, uh, I think. And it was great. I totally enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, I published a review of it somewhere that, uh, geez, do I get to announce that now? I guess I guess I do. You should announce it, man. I mean, they're not watching. Yeah, I, we're supposed to announce this tomorrow. Ben's the new host of The Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to announce this tomorrow, but, uh, you know, you guys are the, the loyal, the diehards. You've been here for a long time, so I'll tell you. Um, some of you probably remember that I used, to, I used to do a show on Anchor.fm. Fist Pump Film Club. Yeah. People talk about it all the time in the channel. People miss it like crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun, and I did it for a few months, and uh, I also was doing a Magic the Gathering show on there. Well, uh, Anchor is rolling out a big announcement uh, soon, and I won't break all their news because that's their business. But in the announcement is going to be launching a new station. And that station is going to be called Nerds and Suits Movies, hosted by yours truly. And I will be reviewing every movie as press every week. So the trial run movies I've been attending screenings for recently have gone up and they're kind of available now. Uh, I've been, to, you know, I reviewed uh, fifteen, seventeen to Paris. That was a treat. I heard that was uh, <laughs> just horrible from everybody. Yeah. Black Panther, Peter Rabbit. That was a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got uh, Game Night and Annihilation coming out this week. So you guys, if uh, I'll, I'll definitely do a much bigger you know, widespread announcement of it next week, but that's something to look forward to. Is I'm going to be, I'm going to have a brand new thing. I'll be doing content every single day. Uh, it'll be he available gets as a podcast. To get paid to critique movies. Yeah, I'm going to get to see everything. That's yeah. thank, thank you, Marissa. Marissa Serafini in the booth. Congratulations, man. I mean, this thank is one you. of those things. You and I have been doing this show for almost three years now. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, April, I think, is three years or May, and. um We've talked about it since day one. What do, what do we love to do? We love to talk about movies with people love that we love. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, congratulations. Thank That's you. That's amazing. Yeah, it'll be news, and uh, it'll be news and, and reviews every week. So uh, the way to find that is to go download the app, anchor.fm. Uh, the station does exist, but it's like a secret station right now because it mm-hmm. hasn't been announced. So it's called Nerds and Suits. And uh, that'll kind of expand into some other stuff. I'll talk about a little bit more of that later. But uh, All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. That's our show today. And you- <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, uh, I reviewed Black Panther as one of the movies, so you can hear my Black Panther review there. And um, that's, what's, that's what's going on. So 
We're here to talk action movies. It's Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the only network online talking movies, all things movie-related, and pop culture by the bucketful. And uh, on this show in particular, we break down action movies that adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, it's always tough in movies like this. Like, uh, any time where you have someone who's forced into a position of power when mm. they're not ready, Simba, mm. you know... T'Challa, this whatever is, it this might is be. the Lion King. This is the Lion King, actually. Uh, it is, um, <clears throat> but they kind of have to play by the rules of the, of the world that surrounds them. Yep, you know what I mean. So uh, I think he he tries to play by his own rules, but really at the end of the day, it's the rules of Wakanda. Yes, uh, the Wakandan, the Wakandan way. I'm going to try the hardest that I can to, to not everything. Do a Wakandan impression this whole because show because you can't <laughs> because you're white <laughs> i'm gonna I'm do it so i'm gonna do it the whole show <laughs> i'm really gonna try to not do it flash forward 90 seconds um <laughs> the whole show uh um so uh rule number two the the hero and the villain are always the smartest people beings things dinosaurs what have you in the room look killmonger went to mit okay? yeah killmonger is definitely the smartest i mean he figured out where wakanda was he figured out their language based he's off good of at a math. book he's, yeah. he's he's killed a lot of people he's got sweet hair I mean, he's definitely the smartest person in the movie, yeah. I think. He's got skin like an amphibian. And then, <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he's got weird the looking scars skin. that yeah. he gave himself would be horribly painful. Yeah, right. Uh, is T'Challa, is the king, is the Black Panther the smartest person He kind of gets his ass kicked at the beginning. Um, and in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, is he the smartest guy in the room? I, like, no. Well, no. Yeah, okay, he's the smartest guy in the room, all of his women are smarter. That is a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- like, let's make no mistake about it, guys. The women are the best part. The of women this movie, of Wakanda are far the and away best part of the film, and it's not even close. It's it, they, they're more they 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 have more movie star charisma. They're more charming. They're more endearing. They're yeah. more badass. They're more everything. Yeah, Chazik. What? I have to agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is why we're going to do a segment on the show today called The Women of Wakanda. Kazakh, Kazakh Bosman, Bosman, Dagnino special. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> I was he's like, what are you saying? He's, uh, he's great, but he's, uh, the movie is stolen from him by all of the women in the movie. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, mercenary figure. He's none of those things. I had things. no idea well, what you were saying till just now. What is that? Uh, when Dagnino tried to spell Chadwick Boseman? Oh, is what it, you're talking it, about? in a match versus uh, <laughs> versus Nost, he's uh, they, they ask who played Jackie Robinson in Forty Two, and he holds up a sheet and it says uh, Kazakh Bosman with yeah. an S, yeah. and he challenges that he should get it right. <laughs> and so then after, because it was such a thing, he made a T-shirt that said Kazakh Bosman and started wearing it around. It's one that of my favorites. Is amazing. Yeah. Um, what what did you say? Does, uh, he is political because he's the, but he's not. He's, he's the king of he's the king of Wakanda. That's not political though. He that's that's like But um, he but he be at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> We're fair. fighting really hard for this. And one. rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's always an explosion in Marvel movies. Yeah, right? There's gotta be. I mean they even show the explosion in the beginning of, of Claw blowing killing his dad. Oh yeah. Again. Right. Claw. Spoiler alert Sweet. of Civil War. Um, so that's uh, that's the rules of the show here, guys. We're going to get fully into it. Coming up today on the show, uh, we are going to be talking about the women of Wakanda. Uh, possibly, if we have time to get to it, we're going to be talking about a couple directors that we think should be working with in the MCU. And finally, it's a bad, bad world. Movies that had villains that outshone their heroes. We're also going to answer some mm. of your questions. Um, and, uh, you know, before we get into watching the trailer here, Andrew, where can the folks find you if they want to follow along with you? Uh, guys, you can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find the podcast 
at AMA Podcast on Twitter. And you also can find, uh, there's a Facebook group for uh, both Action Army, which is, that's uh, our our Schmodown personas, which mm-hmm. is getting closer and closer. It is. Uh, and then also Action Movie Anatomy fan page, which was started by loyal fans of the show. And uh, this last week, for some reason, has seen like a small uptick. I'm not really sure why or what happened, but uh, in, in the last couple days, we had almost 40 new members. So Yeah, and there's also the, the last thing we're going to plug is our Team Action Patreon. That's oh, patreon.com yeah. <laughs> slash Team Action. Um, we're halfway to our goal, which would mean bringing you two videos a week, which, God, we're going to have to figure out how to do that <laughs> if we get there. Um, we got new mics in the mail. We got new mics in the mail. Andrew Hayes is a new general. Paul Denuso yeah. is going to resubscribe or redonate his $50, I believe, based to off do another conversation movie? yesterday. I think he wants another movie. I, I was actually not able to read his message yet, um, okay. we but got there's some, something else coming. We got so. some top five lists that got sent in. In fact, yeah. there'll be a new new episode coming out in the next 48 hours of us breaking down two top five lists, of one of which is going to be top five movie uh, composers. Which no, is from Richard Eric Jarvie. Movie soundtracks. Movie soundtracks from Richard Eric Jarvie. And then the other one was uh, top five David Fincher films from, from Arena. Arena, yeah. And uh, it's, it's a great episode. Yeah. You and I love Fincher. Also... On that last match, the Fincher questions yeah. crushed it. Oh, yeah. Wait, oh. Fincher questions? Yeah. There was uh, a Fincher cut? I believe it was the JTE match. Or no, the uh, sh- the, the, sh- the match that went up last Friday. Oh, so oh, oh, oh. Ellis and... Yeah, yeah. Ellis and... Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we talking about? Way off track. So those are all the things. Let's get into the episode. Let's let's check out the trailer first. And then we'll, you know, be a statement. Awesome trailer. Yeah. Awesome trailers. i gods fly. I've seen yeah, men build weapons. Is this is the solo trailer. I couldn't even imagine. Uh huh. It's not a ship. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have. This is the whole thing. It's like the revolution will not be televised. Yeah. How yeah. much more are you hiding? It's a good trailer. Hold up. Let's go. Go. Uh. We are home. So dope. This video yeah. is great. Music. The world. The inception horn. It is your time. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. I never freeze. But you wish you could do that accent. Yeah, he's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) He crushes it. Like his. Yeah, yeah. You're just really tan. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. Michael B. Jordan's outfit in the museum is, is the definition of swagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happens? That was pretty true. the rest yeah, yeah. of the world. He's like super, super yoked. Dude, he's massive. Yeah, MBJ. You will yeah. Not be able to stay home, brother. He's like you one of these guys. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting because, like, you wonder how that plays into his body for Creed 2. Right? I wonder if he had to get way bigger to win two in Creed 2. That could make sense. So sick. All right, two points I want to make really quickly. One, great trailer. The first 30 minutes of this film is underlit. Oh, really? It's dark? I really just thought that, like, the fighting in the jungle and the chase through Busan was really underlit. 
Because Busan, that's the South Korea part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I get that you want it to look dark because he's the Black yeah, yeah, Panther. Yeah. You want him to be like hard to see, but yeah. there's ways to do that, like they did in the Dark Knight. Right. Yeah, yeah I agree. Where it was, it was I, difficult to see him. All I missed a lot of the really sweet action in the first parts and those were my favorite action parts because it's like black panther doing black panther how far do you think into the movie it was before the um the ch- the chase in, in korea happened uh 35 35 minutes that's about what i figured yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. that's like that's like the first major major explosive action set piece yeah i mean that was like that took like two months to film i yeah. think or something it was yeah, right. awesome super awesome uh I noticed that you and I, so you, you've got the MBJ colors on. You've got the black with a little bit of gold. Yeah, right. And I've got the black with the purple. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so you know. So I'm trying to ruin the world. And I'm trying to save it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, that's the trailer for Black Panther. Super sweet. Music yeah. is awesome. It's a great trailer. Yeah. And they like, it makes you feel so cool just watching it. It does. <laughs> it's really sweet that they got Ryan Coogler to do that movie. It's just like... It just feels so different than any. Well, in fact, let's let's get into our bits because I think this will be interesting. So uh, the next part of the show, guys, is thesis statement. If you are watching for the first time, listening for the first time, this is where you share your biggest, boldest thought about the movie. Something that absolutely defines your opinion about the film. Uh, and you would defend this, you know, throughout the whole episode. If you meet somebody at a party, this is kind of the point you would make. And uh, my thesis statement about this film is that Black Panther proves that in almost 20 films... Marvel still has another level to go hmm. in the future of the MCU. Which is surprising because going into this last year, I would have thought we were starting to reach the saturation point. With Infinity War coming out, it was like, all right, that's going to be the, the back end. We're going to get those movies. And then this this whole entire 12 to 15 years, that point, genre and their studio and their franchise, it's got to kind of like do something else. Because I feel like the franchise fatigue was outrageous. This movie proves... There is still so much space to grow. This is so different than anything they had ever done before. Well, they just keep doing it. Yeah. They did it with Deadpool. They did it with Logan. They're doing it again with this. They did it with Guardians 2. Because even Guardians 2 was like, how can you do the same thing again? And they did it again, but different. Uh, And Infinity Wars, like... I mean, I hope that I don't get our friend in trouble for saying this. Well, there's no way I would. But there's days that he would tell us. He'd be standing on set. And he would just look around and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm doing this. And this is a guy that worked on Dunkirk, The Revenant, Iron Man, Bourne, like... He's Jurassic seen it World. all. Jurassic World. Yeah. He's seen it all. Straight out of Compton. Battleship. And, and for him to be on Inf- <laughs> for him to be on Infinity Wars and look around and be like, Yeah. I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah. It just makes me as a fan be like, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh so I completely agree, man. And I'm gonna piggyback on that in saying that this movie has not only so, so say yours one more time because I want to use some of the same verbiage. Uh, yes, Black Panther proves that in the ten years since the MCU was launched, it has still another level to go before this massive franchise wraps up. Okay, well maybe I don't want to use some of the same verbiage, but uh, what I am saying is that this movie has propelled African Americans, Africans, colored people, and women to the next level in filmmaking. And the reason that I say that is is because there's been this weird stigma behind an all-female cast movie or an all-African-American or colored cast movie where it's like, it's a black movie. It's a Tyler Perry movie. It's a Medea movie. Or like, Bad Moms. Or like, you know what I mean? Or Ghostbusters with women. It's like, fuck that. Yeah. It's just a good movie. Yep. Just because these people are look a certain way or are of a different gender than what is the norm doesn't mean that it's not going to be as good of a movie. The norm in movies, you mean? The like norm in, in yeah. movies, yeah. yes. Yeah. And and so for so long, it's been, oh, it's a this type of movie. Right. You know, this movie shows, first of all, Marvel, the biggest, the biggest film entity in the entire universe, has created this movie that has put 
not only African-Americans at the center of it, but it's made the strongest people in the entire film all women. Yeah. And it doesn't do it in a cheap way. It doesn't do it by pushing at these buttons that are cliche and, like, tugging on these these strings, that, these heartstrings that we all are used to. Yeah. It's just done in, like, I want to be them. I want to watch them. It's fascinating to have gotten Black Panther and Wonder Woman both inside a year. Both yeah. inside a year in theaters. It's And it's also, it's refreshing. And that whole argument, like, you and I have talked about this on the show endlessly, but, like, the... The understanding that uh, Denzel Washington was not a not as big of a box office star as we thought he was, and this is <laughs> this is because his films didn't make money overseas. And if Denzel Washington's films couldn't make money overseas, then what would the hope be that another black actor would necessarily be able to be a box office draw overseas? Because right. like he's Denzel. This movie is great proof that like that's a that's a bunk theory. It's a ridiculous theory. Same with Wonder Woman, and and. It's amazing to be living in this time and so tuned into movies as this is happening, both inside 12 months. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it really is the most kind of amazing thing to see this movie succeed. This is the fifth largest opening of all time. Marissa, you, you saw this already? I have, yes. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, well, you guys are going to get into it. The, the men would be nowhere without the women. Right, yeah. They definitely had the best uh, memorable lines and moments. And I feel every time that Chadwick Boseman was on scene, it was stolen by his sister's character. Yeah, yeah. or totally. or by uh, Nikita. Nikita. I think the storyline was very predictable, though. So. Yeah, the storyline was very predictable, and I think it's kind of I think we all kind of expected it. it's like he's going to win, he's going to lose, he's going right. to come back. Yeah, it's the Lion know. King, it, exactly. It's the Lion <laughs> King, but um, people keep saying it, but it's exactly what it is. It is, but the it's true. The women in this really steal from the scene, and they're all of color. It's it's just it's just a really brilliant thing. Like I've never wanted to be black so bad in my whole life. Like watching this movie. <laughs> like oh, that's actually another. Not I didn't also watch this thinking the exact same thing. That's not where I'm going. Um, <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say is why. Watching this film in a theater, the I was I was not like I wasn't like a min- minority in the theater. I was one of like five white people in the theater. It was yeah. a it was like a very very fresh experience to be in a theater where it was a Marvel movie. Oh, because yeah, you were in New York. Yeah, yeah. Every single time something would happen of significance, like any, it was just like so much cheering. There was so power. It was power. Yeah, it was crazy. It was super powerful. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. same. And the and my my audience was not yeah uh, that. Uh, demographic mine was was you know la so everything a lot of everything uh but it was one of those movies when when we all got done people clapped but it wasn't because it was just like man that was such a cool movie yeah it was like an it was we all walked away from it feeling like this like we're holding our heads high for some reason yeah it was like you were like proud to be there yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so I love those thesis statements. I think they're both brilliant, and I, and I love that this movie inspired such positive thesis statements. Anybody uh, in the chat have anything interesting to share on that subject? Uh, Did somebody write evacuate the city? I'm not going to do the accent. I'm just going to say it. Evacuate the city. <laughs> uh, people are, eh, no. Most people in here are talking about Killmonger and his idea of of what peace is. And right, right. Is, you know. You guys are getting into it. You right. Calm down a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Let's continue moving through the show. Next up, we have fist pump moment. This is that moment in the movie. Something happens. You're kind of looking around. You're like, are you yes, seeing this right yes. now? This is so cool. I oh, ha- God. This is amazing. There were some really good fist pump moments in this movie. A lot of this movie was full of them. Yeah. So my in, in the theater that I went to, I went to AMC 7 in Santa Monica where the yeah. pair, the, the chairs are all paired up. They're yeah. all, uh, they're leather reclining, rec- reclining power chairs. They're awesome. Uh, but in every single row, the very last seat is a solo seat. 
seat. Yeah. Usually bought by a dude going to watch a movie by himself. So he was sitting next to me and our buddy Jason. <laughs> always mine. <laughs> always my seat. That's my seat, C9. Uh, but he was this guy. It was funny because Jason's sitting next to me, diehard Phillies fan in a Philly, or I don't think he was wearing a Philly shirt, myself, and then next to me is a diehard Patriots fan in a Patriots sweater. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there and the moment when Black Panther's fighting the Blue Army at the end, I can't remember what they're called, the Shield guys, uh, and he he goes and the shields are raising, raise, raise, and he jumps over and he does the sonic boom and everyone just Yeah, 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 that was cool. And he catches the spear and he throws it through the hovership and yeah. blows up. And me and the dude next to us just go, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> we both just made that sound. And we looked at each other and we were like, yes. And we yeah. just kept watching the movie. But it was it was just this <laughs> we couldn't help but make this guttural sound, the yeah. both of us. And it was just so awesome. That's sick. Yeah. Uh I gotta say mine has to be also in the final battle. And it's got to be the uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Denai Guerrera, when he's mm. like, when, she, when he's like, what are you doing? And she looks would at him. Would you kill me, my love? And he's like, for Wakanda in a second or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, would you kill me, my love? She's like, for Wakanda yeah. in a second. And then he puts his weapon down and kneels. Yeah. And that was she, super, super cool. Because she would destroy him. Yeah. She was, like, unbelievable. Like, the other moment is definitely when they're in the casino, uh-huh. and she, like, throws the wig and just starts just kicking ass. Yeah, well, it's funny, because the other one that I have is with her, too, and it's when she's just like, fuck this, I'm bored, Get on, gets on top of the car in the chase, yeah. and throws the vibranium spear into the ground, yeah. and then the car crashes into yeah, it yeah, and yeah, stops. Yeah. Like, so sick, people. Yeah. yeah, those were both great moments. The, the whole, and then, in general, uh... Just in general, seeing um, what's his name, uh, uh, Andy Circus show up, like he just was like so sweet. It was so nice to see Andy Circus as Andy Circus. Yeah, that was uh, we talked about it yeah. extensively. My other fist pump was that this is Andy Circus's greatest role. Yeah, just because like he's <laughs> normally we see him all like crazy CGI'd out, like as Golem or like Caesar in the War of the Planet of the Apes, or and like he's just Andy Circus and he's a good actor and he's great and he's kind of weird but like awesome and I'm just so happy to see him yeah and him as Claw is is amazing he he's... plays it perfectly so I've got a few Marissa do you have a fist bump in this movie or no I do actually there was it's not as actiony as you guys would like but it's the moment when the sister forgive me I, I Shuri yeah she she shows the actual Black Panther outfit to her brother. The the new upgrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's explaining all the technology. If you kick it in a certain <laughs> space, it absorbs it. And then he, she tells him to do it again. And he just knocks him on his ass. Yeah. It just shows that like these women are so much can outsmart these men and still have fun. Yeah, and she's like yeah. got her phone out. She's like, for research purposes. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, she Great was... Moment. She was. I, I, I think, think she's the she best, part, the of the best part of the movie. Yeah, I think she, she stole every scene she was in. She is going to be a star. Yeah, she's amazing. Big um, time, especially because at the end she goes and she like fights and she's like she shows this other side of her. And she's badass. got the guns. You saw yeah. all the stuff about her being a Disney princess, right? No. People are like that moment when you realize that Shuri is a Disney princess. Oh, she's. I figured she was. Yeah. No, no, no. She, this is a Disney movie. She's a princess. Oh, I see what you're saying. She's a Disney princess. Yeah, yeah she totally is. <laughs> this is a Marvel. Movie. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, all right, I got a couple things in here real quick. Um, Paul Denuso, general, so fist well. pump when Okoye backed T'Challa. Yeah, that's, that's obviously a great moment. Uh, so Large Knowles has been talking a lot, and he's got a great thesis here. This is the first comic book movie where the supporting cast all feel purposeful and important. Such an amazing ensemble cast. Black Panther wasn't the only focus, and I love that. Um, 
It's a great. I feel thesis. like he was actually not even the main character in this movie. He really didn't. He, feel it was like, like a it. very balanced movie. The only character that felt like a tertiary character was the token white guy. Uh, Martin Freeman, yeah, which yeah. is so fucking funny that this movie had a token white guy. He had a token white guy, and he just did dumb white shit throughout it. It was amazing. <laughs> Watching it was like, wow. I was like, is this what it's like? This is exactly what it's like when you see the token black guy get killed in horror movies for the last 40 years. I was like, wow, God, that would be so, like, awful. Yeah. Yeah, I was so happy he wasn't a villain. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to be a villain based off the previews. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and he wasn't. So I was, I was really happy well, about that. Doesn't he show up in an earlier? <laughs> wow, what? <laughs> fella, if fella Alut wrote Tolkien, white guy, yeah. <laughs> genius. <laughs> you, my friend, you get some points for the day. All right, let us move on. Yeah, and so... get into uh, star profiles. Yeah, all right. So you got two stars in this movie who are at least the top build stars, though. It's a star-studded cast, yeah, um, big time. So we'll start with Chadwick Boseman, Chazik Bosman, Kazik, Kazik Bosman, Kazik Bosman. A <laughs> um, challenge, uh, and he's had a really big few years. Um, in the last few years, he has played James Brown in Get On Up. He's played Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. He's also played. Um, I'm forgetting one other historical figure. You played Jackie Thur- Robinson, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and James Brown, all in the yeah. last three years. So, been a hell of a few years for him. Then he shows up in Civil War as Black Panther and uh, Message from the King in 2016, which I didn't see. He's just so good at filling a role. And you and I talked about this on the way over on the phone. And it was like Michael B. Jordan outshines Chadwick Boseman in this movie because he's almost he almost stands out in a in a wrong way. Yeah, right. But it's he, he doesn't. Like, I think he does a great job, and it makes sense because it's the idea of the culture of growing up in the hood in uh, wh- wherever they are. Brooklyn, Chicago? I can't remember exactly. I thought it was L.A. Is it L.A.? Might be L.A. I think it's Compton. No? Am I wrong? That would make sense. That would make sense. Anyway, uh, and he stands out, whereas Chadwick does this amazing job of kind of disappearing into the role yeah, and right. just, like, just playing it. Just like he does in, uh, in 42 and in Marshall and uh, in Civil War. So... I don't know. It's interesting. Even though he's he's the lead character, I actually think that he's outshined by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan's much flashier. I mean, Oakland. It's in Oakland. It's Sorry in Oakland. That. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael B. Jordan's much flashier of a character. It's, I think they both kind of serve a great purpose here. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is that Michael B. Jordan is being positioned to be... He's being positioned to be the the biggest star in the world in the next five years. Yeah, it was actually one of my really on his way up. It's one of my thesis statements that I considered because if you think about what this movie is going to mean from a marketing perspective, what it's going to mean is if you have a black actor as your star, there's a chance that this movie can hit a much much wider demographic worldwide than it used to, and even five years ago. And Denzel's <clears throat> in his sixties, so yeah. like I remember telling you on that podcast, and Will Smith is kind of past his prime he just doesn't have like that cred that hot cred but guaranteed you're gonna see a movie with michael b jordan and will smith together soon. oh for sure so i do think that he's being positioned to be the next golden boy like the hugest star in the world whereas bozeman it's really a different he's really a different beast i mean he's gonna be a huge star obviously there's gonna be more of these movies and so in that way he might be bigger worldwide just because he is black panther and they're gonna make these movies but yeah it's it's interesting because like when i look at it i think <clears throat> that um He's like a very similar actor to Chris Evans when Chris Evans got injected into into the Marvel universe as well, and that's the fact that they both played the Human Torch right. in that's a horrible hilarious. franchise. Yep. Uh, they both got completely revitalized in their career. Well, actually, Evans got completely revitalized in his career, and and Michael B. Jordan got redeemed as a superhero. But 
for Chadwick, it, it's the same type of thing where they were both in movies and you both saw him and you, you recognize who he was and they do a very good job in those movies. But it, it, there's just something not – I don't know. I, I don't really know what it is because you would think Chris Evans' star would have would have skyrocketed as well. Since yeah, then. and his—I mean, he was in Gifted last year, like one of my favorites. He was <laughs> I mean, in Snowpiercer. Gifted was good. Snowpiercer was good, but those weren't big movies, right? Where you look at someone—you know—the other people in the in the in the world, and it's like some of them are doing better, some of them are doing worse. But it's yeah. like you'd think that this, this this head guy would have something going on bigger. Yeah, Bozeman. I mean, Bozeman's career is fascinating, and he's he's hitting his moment right now. Um, it will be interesting to see. You know, a lot of what we're talking about is. Bozeman's career, what we're talking about, is much more predictable. It's the fact that, like, a black actor usually has to play biopic historical figure, uh, gangbanger. Like, it doesn't really... Right. Or, like, superhero character, like, villain. You don't really get, like, a lot of black actors where it's like, this guy is going to lead this action franchise that has nothing to do with anything else. We just chose to cast this guy. Yeah. That's, like, not something you've seen a lot of. So, I do wonder... It's like Michael B. Jordan's getting that treatment, and Bozeman's not. Whereas, because Michael B. Jordan's last few years... That awkward moment, 2014. That's that movie with like Zac Efron, I think, and all those guys, right? Yeah, and then he does, and then he does the Fantastic Four in 2015, which is weird because that movie has so much young star power in it, and almost yeah. none of their careers were affected negatively. It's really. like, and I think it's like arguably the, of the modern era, the most hated superhero movie to hit theaters, right? Yeah, ever. And then he does Creed in 2015, and then he takes a break. Because he just went to go film four movies or something. You have you right. had Black Panther coming out later this year. You've got Creed two coming out. I think he's got a third one as well. So he's, I mean, his next couple years are going to be cra- crazy, crazy, insane. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, he's going to be he's going to be the biggest thing in the world uh, in five years, and especially with the work that he's put in and how well he's done and all the, in the movies that have come out. So. Now we are going to talk about the real stars of this movie. Yeah. That's the women of Wakanda, ladies and gentlemen. That is Letitia Wright, who plays his sister, Shuri. And then you got uh, Denai Guerrera, Mm -hmm. Michonne, from The Walking Dead, which I leaned over just like, oh my God, is that Michonne? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah. And I I, I was so happy for her and uh, Sterling K. Brown in this movie to see them like break through to that next level. It's so big. Uh, And then last but not least, Academy Award winner Lupita Nyong'o. 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 Nyong'o? Nyong'o. How do you say it? Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Uh, there's a Y. Unless and I misspelled it and I'm screwing you up. What'd you say? Nyong'o. Yeah, Nyong'o. Nyong'o. Uh, who is uh, amazing. I, I cannot ever get the image of Michael Fassbender and her out of my head yeah. from 12 Years a Slave. Right. It's like one it, of the It is like one of the most movies. brutal scenes I've ever seen. She is incredible if you want to see a great actress go watch 12 years a slave and then go watch black panther yeah and watch what this woman can do yeah she's really talented so and we'll, also angela bassett yeah let's start with lupita nyong'o okay um lupita nyong'o was basically an unknown 12 years a slave was her she'd done some shorts a tv series uh but nothing nothing of any like real significance nobody really knew who she was and she won the oscar uh the best supporting actress oscar for 12 years a slave in 2013 and They've been kind of trying to find a place to put her in a movie for the last few years. Maz Kaneda in Star Wars, obviously. She shows up there as the voice. Oh, she's the voice of Maz. And that's, I actually did not know that. That's notable, Obviously. and she's also the voice of um, the the mother wolf in the Jungle Book. I'm trying to think what uh, what the character's name is. Do you know that, Marissa, offhand? Mother wolf. Akila. Akila. Yeah, it might be Akila. She's great. Um, but this is the first time that we've seen her on screen in a prominent position as her, not as like a voice. Yeah, and and... And I was wondering, 
when she would reappear, when she would resurface on screen as herself, because again, she's amazing in 12 years a slave. She's, she's beautiful. She's so talented. Um, <clears throat> she was in a film called Queen of Cutway, I think like two years ago or a year ago. She didn't, didn't really, didn't really do much with David Oyelo. And the first time that I saw her on screen, I, a smile came across my face. Yeah. I, I legitimately was just like, yes. Do you know what her, her backstory is? No. Her backstory is crazy. Her Let's backstory is that like, I don't know that much of it, but, uh, her dad, I think was a senator and her, and she attended Yale, like drama school she's like a genius <laughs> and she like comes from like a political family she's like ivy league just like and she like took a class i think she like attended like the yale drama program and then she just like got cast in 12 years a slave because she was amazing now she's probably she must be like 27 28 or something unbelievable just like comes from a family of just like very smart very successful people just like hard-working talented people yeah beautiful uh, so then you have denai <clears throat> guerrera who is most notably michonne in she's 2012 michonne she from- got yeah, Michonne in Walking Dead. Her last few years, she's definitely had a few others. She was in All Eyes on Me. Yeah. She's in Black Panther. She was in well, a third thing that I'm trying to remember what it was now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Walking Dead is probably wrapping up in the next few years, I would have to think. Yeah, and over the last few seasons, she's really kind of stepped into the limelight as basically the female lead of the show. Yeah, you saw Lauren Cohen got cast as the lead in a new ABC series. I didn't see that. So Maggie will be... In some capacity on that show for a bit longer. I, I just, I have to think that two more seasons is probably what's predictable with that she show. She got and broke through at the exact perfect time. Right. Yeah, to where it's like in. Walking Dead is still relevant enough and Black Panther is the most relevant thing in the world. Yep. And she is now broken through. And she's like 37, I think. Maybe she might be like 39 or yeah. 40. She's like kind of right in there. I'm happy for her. I, th- I think she's great. I've always thought she was great uh, in The Walking Dead. I never thought that she did too much or too little. And seeing her in this movie, she she is perfect for this role. She's great. Yeah, I and think her she's got shaved a shaved head is fucking awesome. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think she's got a great few years in front of her. So, and um, then honestly, for me, Letitia Wright is the she steals the movie. I think she so steals too. the whole show. The, her relationship with her brother is so earnest and genuine yeah. and, and adorable, and she's. She's a she's an excited kid. Her arm cannons. Yeah, her so arm cannon. Sweet. Her driving the car, even running over someone. She's yeah. like, "What was that?" You yeah. know. And he's like, "You're doing a great job." Uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Where does she her. come from? She uh, she had <clears> been <throat> in a little bit of TV the last few years, but this is again this is her first big breakthrough moment. She had been in like a few things. Like she had a pretty significant character, I believe, in Treme, which is David Simon's show that he followed up the wire with. It's about uh, the after effects of Hurricane Katrina and right. Like, kind of what it looks like in the city as they're rebuilding. Um, she she was in things, um, unless it might be Denai Guerrero who was actually in Treme, but I think it was Letitia Wright. And uh, she's just been in things for a few years, but again, like no no movie role, no like significant TV show that you were like, oh, she was the star of that thing. Uh, how old is she? 26, maybe? Yeah. She looks, she look, she, because she has that look where she could be 16 or like almost 30. Yeah. I think she's uh, like mid-20s. So... Moving on in, into production development, yeah. this movie is super interesting because it was actually <laughs> when Claw stole the vibranium from Wakanda in 1992 was actually when this movie started being yeah, talked about. There was a there was a whole entire um, series a phase of development where Wesley Snipes was going to be Black Panther for almost 12 years. He fought all the way into 2005 or six when Kevin Feige finally was like. No, we're going to take this and make it its own entity without you. Eventually, we don't know when, we don't know where, but it's yeah. going to happen. Um, 
But even then, Wesley Snipes still want to be brought on as like a producer or a director. Something. Yeah, uh, as you can tell, he's not involved in any way whatsoever. Yeah, but I'm it sure is he's not thrilled about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He's but sitting it, there watching that. for thirty years. He's yeah. been trying to get this movie made, which is funny because they talk about it. You know, for thirty years, you know, he's this man murdered my father for thirty years, vibranium for thirty years. It's it's very similar to this movie trying to be made. Wesley Snipes' pain and suffering is similar. Just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> He just decided not to pay his taxes instead. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, he uh, – so, this, yeah, this movie's been in production for a long time. I mean, you know, you guys probably all saw the article that popped up last week about how Sony was offered the opportunity to buy Marvel's entire Marvel's entire um, canon of characters in 1998. Are you talking about for the villain that they wanted to put in this movie? No, no. In, in 1998, after yeah. Blade, before X-Men 1 came out, mm-hmm. Marvel was bankrupt. Right, and in 1998, Sony was offered 25 million to for they off the yeah they said Marvel said we'll sell you ev- the rights to every single one of our characters in perpetuity for 25 million dollars, and they were like Sony was like no nah, that's stupid the only character that matters is Spider Man just get Spider Man and leave all the rest of that shit, and uh, 25 million, which which at the time is defensible because like nobody had done anything with any of these characters people had tried for years they had made like failed movies so. Right. It makes sense that they were like Spider-Man's the only blue chip character, but when you look back now, you're like, well, how many how many other characters are waiting in the wings in Marvel's canon that they're going to be able like to make hundreds? Yeah. <laughs> like essentially, like after what's happened with I think Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool, they've kind of been like, yeah, and Deadpool's not even I mean Deadpool's Fox, and they managed to kill it with that, right? Well, that's my point though is that these are these are people that no one cared about. Yeah, no one ever I never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, right? You know, growing up, so. Um, <clears throat> this movie was directed by Ryan Coogler, who has worked on every single film that Mike, or every single one of his films Michael B. Jordan has been in. He starred in. Um, he starred in, and, and, um, it was inter- interesting, because this was originally supposed to be directed by Ava DuVernay. Yeah, which is, she's the other hot, she's the other hot name, uh, right now in African-American directors. Who decided to do, I don't know if she decided to do A Wrinkle in Time instead, but she is doing A Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. and it's coming out this year. Uh, the other guy was F. Gary Gray. I don't know if you guys know him. He directed a little movie called Straight Outta Compton. Yep. Um, which, everything works out. Everything happens for a reason. So Ryan Coogler ends up getting this movie, and I think that he crushes it. Totally. Uh, him and Michael B. Jordan, um, they they just work together. Uh, Chadwick Boseman never auditioned for this part. Yeah. He was just kind of in discussion with, was it Feige? He was talking to? I can't remember who he was talking might have been Coogler. Yeah. But someone he was talking to, and just the idea of how he wanted to portray this character and where he wanted to take him, they were like, cool. Yeah. Do you want to change your life? Yeah. (laughs) Here's the biggest role of ever. Yeah, right. You know? Um, Way to go. (laughs) So Coogler is a direct... Good decision, Bozeman. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Coogler is a writer-director. His first film was Fruitvale Station, which won, you know... It was critically acclaimed. You and I talked about it a good amount on the way over here. It won or got one of the big awards at Sundance that year. Yep, it's really good. Uh, He co-wrote and directed Creed, as we all know. He's got Black Panther. Um, He is one of those guys that it seems, and our good friend here, Jonathan Gilligan, asked on Instagram, or (laughs) on MySpace, uh, on Twitter, (laughs) he said, with... (laughs) Three well-loved movies together, Fruitvale Station, Creed, and now Black Panther. Would you consider Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler the next big actor-director combo? Thank you, Jonathan Gilligan. That's at bassist underscore 1996. I think the answer to that question has to be yes. I, only because, How could like, it not be? 
Only because, like, first of all, you don't really very often see a run to start a director's career like this. Like, I, we, that would have been something maybe interesting to put some time into before this show to really do the research. Like, who, what's one of the greatest one, two, three starts ever for a director? Yeah. Um, because it's not very common. I mean, Fruitvale Station was, like, a critical darling, but it still starred somebody who was, like, a real up-and-comer. People yeah. really like Michael B. Jordan. It's not like he was, he was starting that movie. People were like, oh, who is this guy? It's like he had already been Vince in three seasons of Friday Night Lights. He had already been uh, Wallace in The, in the Wire. Wire. Yeah. He was already a pretty known quantity. He had been in movies for a long time, and people liked Michael B. Jordan. So when that movie came out, it was like, I think I recognize this kid. A lot of people love Friday Night Lights. And that was just the beginning. And then obviously the follow-up to that being Creed is, is pretty massive. Yeah, I mean, it's about as big of a step as you can take like in the sense of like uh a critically acclaimed movie that people adore that you're the lead of yeah you know because the other movies he did whatever you know i mean no no i mean for coogler though like in oh terms for coogler yeah, oh i'm sorry for it to be coogler's second film is like a pretty massive step and then obviously it's your third film is the fifth highest opening in the history of movies uh that's a pretty good step too so the fact that that's the sort of dream team duo, you've got to think the next movie made by Ryan Coogler starring Michael B. Jordan probably won't be Black Panther 2. They'll it's, probably yeah. do an, Well, it's not because it's Creed 2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Creed 2. And so, uh, but I see, I, I think what you're trying to say is like a new franchise or a separate entity with the two of them at the helm is going to be incredible. Yeah, huge. And I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit sort of like Scorsese and Leo, um, Scorsese and De Niro. You know, you definitely have these directors that really like to use the same the same guy over and over again. Um, and I do have to think that this will be the duo. This will be the, one of the big, huge duos to watch, maybe the premier one to watch. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, I think that was a great question, Jonathan. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for, thanks for writing in. Uh, other interesting people in this movie. So it was written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. Joe Robert Cole uh, is, he's basically a nobody. Yep. Um, he wrote and directed... Is, it was his writing and his directorial debut, a movie called Amber Lake. Know nothing about it. It's a short film. Okay. Uh, and then he went on to write two episodes of American Crime Story, which, guys, last Friday, or no, this Monday, today's Wednesday, yeah. two days ago, uh, I went to go see Black Panther. And it was right right before I went and uh, watched Black Panther, I watched the most recent episode of This Is Us, which obviously has Sterling K. Brown. Then I went and watched Black Panther, which obviously has Sterling K. Brown. And then I went home and couldn't figure out anything to do, and I watched American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J., which obviously has Sterling K. Brown in it. Yeah. This guy is killing it. Yeah. And Joe Robert Cole actually wrote two of the best episodes of The People vs. O.J. Um, that's it. That's all this guy's done. He's written... Yeah. He wrote Amber Lake, two episodes of that show, and Black Panther. And now he's got two movies in production um, with the same writing team. There's about six of them. <clears throat> One's titled Rom. Hmm. The other is called Visionaries, Knights of a Magical Light. And there's nothing out about either of them. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I obviously Coogler's crushing it as a writer, and hopefully Joe Robert Cole will as well, because honestly, those two episodes that he wrote were just great. insane. I only watched seven or eight of the episodes of that show so i don't know if i saw them i watched the whole thing in 12 hours like yeah. i just cruised through it yeah, i loved it with it with sleep a little bit of sleep in the middle um this movie was produced by kevin feige uh i mean if you want you can say things about him he's the biggest producer in the world right now he's the guy that single-handedly brought marvel back to life by that deal that you talked about yeah we talked about it a little bit i think on the um winter soldier episode 
but basically like there was a there was a whole deal in like mid 2000s before the release of iron man where feige was like a production assistant and then he was became a larger assistant an associate producer and he just loved comic books and he just was like you know i want this thing to exist as this extended universe and i think we can do it the right way and so a lot of the early stuff you'll see even before the mcu like the one story that he tells in that vanity fair article is you know about wolverine where he's like i was on set in the first one and i was like no 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 his you know his hair doesn't spike up high enough you got to make his hair spike up more so it looked like in the comic books right which is why his hair looks kind of the way that it does in the first movie and um, which is kind of ridiculous yeah it does look a little ridiculous and so he he just talks a lot about that stuff but th- that's a great article to go look at and it's it's been an interesting 10 years i mean he's he is the guy who's been single-handedly behind making all of this happen and it's an unprecedented level of success it's hard to think about it's hard to think about marvel as a franchise because it's existed as so much more than a single franchise but yeah. at the end of the day it really is one franchise still they've it's there's only a couple movies I can think of in the entire scope of it that feel like they are outside of it. You know, The Incredible Hulk being one of them. Um, I, I guess maybe you would say that, like, the Thor movies a little bit, like the second Thor movie, this feels like it's pretty out of continuity. It, like, doesn't really have right. anything. You know, there's a, couple, there's a couple characters, like Natalie Portman, that just don't show up in any of their movies. But aside from that, it's, it is like one giant franchise. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's one gigantic world. And But what's fascinating about it is that this movie doesn't have any of that. Aside from one hidden scene at the end of the mm-hmm. movie, this movie doesn't have Robert Downey Jr. show up. This movie doesn't have a scene with Maria Hill. It's That's how just... I felt about like Deadpool and, and Logan as yeah. well. It's like, you don't need all that other shit. You can have it. Yeah. It's good, but it takes away, I think, yeah. a little bit. Uh, I was sitting there with Jay before the movie... <clears throat> Jason gonna... Sparrett show. Yeah, you can was... watch on the Predator episode yeah. from a few years ago. Uh... <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Um... <laughs> Watching this, I was like, because in the previews, there was uh, Solo, uh-huh. Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. Infinity Wars, this movie. Disney's going to make almost $10 billion, this movie, just off of ticket sales, in my mind. Off of this Maybe movie? $6 billion. No, off of ticket sales in 2018. Oh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, you didn't talk about the fact that you got to watch the MI6 trailer in the theater, right? Oh, my God. I wanted <laughs> to tell you when the trailer here was going. I was so amped. Yeah, oh I was so amped. Yeah. It I, looked, I, it's the first time I got to see it in the oh theater. I was, God. like, so pumped. It ended, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I can probably leave now, right? I know they're not MCU <laughs> movies, guys. They're Disney films. Yeah. They're Disney films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to do with the Marvel Universe. Disney owns Marvel. Yeah. Disney's going to make the money. Uh just had to clear that up for you. Uh, moving on to critical and box office reception. This movie was uh, released by Buena Vista. cost $200 million to make. It was re- uh, released the 16th of February, 2018. It grossed $235 million, an additional $184 million for a grand total of 419 and for a massive opening weekend of $201 million. Um, good. Yeah. You know, there was all that bullshit before this was coming out about people boycotting the movie. So and about, Yeah, and like going giving it bad reviews. It got like, <clears throat> it, it was on track to make 125, 135, and it made almost $100 million over projection. Like, that's unprecedented. That's like nothing we've ever seen before. That like doesn't happen. Yeah, it's insane. And <clears throat> what I really want to talk about is the critical reception, because I think it's really interesting. So it's got a 7.9 on IMDb, which is interesting to me. It's low. It's yeah. really, really relative low. Relative to the Rotten Tomatoes score. Well, also relative to what these types of movies do when they come out. Yeah. You know, like when Wonder Woman came out, it was like the 70th best movie of all time or something, like right. immediately, you know? And like usually with movies like this, they usually propel themselves into the mid-hundreds of the top 250 Is and then Black fall Panther off. Is Black Panther not in there? 
It's not in there, I don't think. It's got a 7.9, so it can't be. Crazy. Right? That's, don't you... Right? I don't think it is one of the top 250, but some of the but movies that are like in the top 250... But it feels like it has to be. Like, always. Yeah. So, Rotten Tomatoes gives it an, a 97% by all critics, 100% by top critics, and a 77% by the audience. That 100% gives it the number one movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the best reviewed movie ever. This is not the best movie of all time. It is the best re- reviewed movie of all time, however, and that conversation is different. Yeah. If you got 100 people in a room and they all watch Black Panther and they all walk out and you go, yes or no. And they say, I'll say yes. They all should say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not enough in here to, to say a no, I don't think, unless no. you're just being a hater. So totally. it's really weird, but uh, I get it. Yeah, right. I think like there was a question that got asked a few different times from a few different people. I know Paul, you asked a question that was effectively, in so many words, is this overrated? I think there was uh, maybe maybe Jonas on the page. There was a a few people asked the question: Is this movie uh, a victim of overhype? And And it's funny because like there's not a great answer that we really have other than because I I actually wanted to bring that question on the show because I thought it was a really interesting point. And after we talked about it more, it, it really is a hard conversation. Right. Um, I think this movie did suffer from being overhyped, and I still thought it was incredible. Yeah, it's just difficult to go see movies when... And the thing that sucks is that it was already a little overhyped when I saw it on Thursday. Yeah. You didn't see it until, like, Monday? Until Monday, after I'd heard about it breaking all the the records. I'd seen all the posts. I'd seen, like, people crying outside theaters. So, yeah. And my buddy Jack asked me yesterday, he goes, because me and my friend uh, in my improv team, we've both yeah. seen the movie, and he's like, what would you guys think? <clears throat> and Leah and I were both like, oh, we loved it. It was amazing. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, it's not going to be as good as you want it to be, but it's still going to be incredible. I was at the theater in New York, and like I told you, I was definitely, I was definitely the minority there, and I was like by myself. Um, I had just gotten there, and, and uh, I wanted to take a picture by the like big Black Panther standout, like the cut-up. And there yeah. were like all these people taking pictures. And I was like this, I was this white guy by myself. I was like, can you guys take a picture of me in front of this? <laughs> I was pretty embarrassed. <laughs> you did it though, right? I did and it. You got, that's it. amazing. Did you throw up a... Don't do that. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't. Peace, guys. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Throw this guy out the window. All um, right. Uh, so our next segment uh, we're moving on to is favorite line. Oh, no, we did have one other question we wanted to answer. Oh, um, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. One last AMA question. It was Jacob Silver asked this on the Facebook group. Uh, he says, since Killmonger... This is a spoiler, but you're, if you're watching yeah, this, if you're, you're spoiled. Yeah. You're still since watching. Killmonger technically wins, what are your favorite action flicks where the antagonist prevails? Um, he does win at one point in the movie. He technically loses because he dies. Yeah. Um, but, That's a good way to lose. Yeah. But that is going to cue us into It's a Bad, Bad World. Favorite villains that outshone the heroes. Yeah. They didn't necessarily win in the movie, but they won in our hearts. So why don't we just rattle off uh, four or five each that we loved? I mean, I think one of... The number one most classic for us. It's got to be Heath. It's got to be Heath Ledger and General Hummel. Yeah, and Hummel. Hummel, but Heath Heath is more of a steals the show. I mean, he steals from Batman. How can you not love him? I'm going to throw in a good honorable mention here. It's not honorable mention, it's one of my five favorites. Mugatu. Mugatu! (laughs) Yes, dude! Mugatu, uh, on that path, Dieter von Kunth. Yeah, Dieter Magruber. He's amazing. He's great. Uh, Uh, Another one of my absolute favorites is Javier in No Country. No Country. He's great. That every scene is just yeah he crushes stolen. it yep uh i'm gonna go ahead and say that um lord voldemort in the harry potter franchise i've seen one of those i movies. love ray fines in this character yeah. I, like i think sometimes about how scary he looks without the nose and just being harry potter yeah he's creepy as he's hell super the, super the creepy 
trailers. Yeah, <laughs> from what I've seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you watched any? Or are you, I've literally you say you've only watched, watched one, the first. That one. sounds like the excuse. Like it, you've really seen it one. You're not I've just only, making it up. So what happened was like three years ago or two years ago, my niece finally okay. heard that I'd never watched any of them. She made me sit down to watch the first one. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Can't do the other uh, accent, so I'll just do that one. I'm going to do <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to seven. seven. Oh, yeah, spacey. I mean, What's in the box? Yes. The, the fact that that is one of the true definitions of the bad guy winning yeah. at the end of the movie and getting totally. everything he wants. He gets everything. Yeah, yeah. I think um, any others that I really, really enjoy, other, other uh, maybe Dr. Evil. I mean, Doctor Evil's pretty ter- pretty terrific. <laughs> it's another it's another good comedy villain that I love. I love that you just got we get, these comedy villains are great. Yeah. Um, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, one of, the, one of the absolute greats because he's not really the true villain. And I have two more that I know you love. Okay, yeah, and and it's interesting because it's like so Matchstick Men. Oh yeah, okay. Because he's like not really he's like the bad guy, but not, and he gets ripped off at the end right. by his fake daughter and all right, that. Right, right, right. The other one that I think is really interesting is Memento. You're rooting for the same person the, the whole, whole time. Movie. You just find out that he's the bad guy at the end. Of yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Which I think sweet. is it's so good. Um, for sure. Non non sequitur unrelated. I watched Prisoners again last night for the first time, and since I'd seen it the first time, so good. I saw it on the airplane last night because I was just like, I just feel like watching this. That movie is so good. It's, it's ridiculous. So good. Speaking of creepy villains, God, Melissa Leo and the kid and Paul Dano, both of them are just terrifyingly creepy. Paul Dano's not actually a bad guy, though, is he? No, but you think he's the bad guy for most of the he's movie. He's just a creep. He's just a creep. a creepy kid. Well, then he's a kid that was abducted, so it's not actually... It's just yeah. you understand why. He's... Jackman is unbelievably incredible in that movie. Yeah, he is. Uh, Fucking is amazing in that movie, too. Other ones? Oh, Nightcrawler's one. Yeah. Um, oh, he's great. Nicholson and Batman. Yep. Loki and Thor. Yep. Uh, oh, fuck. Excuse me. I don't know why I just said excuse me, but it just felt inappropriate. <laughs> um... Kate Blanchett and Thor. Yeah, little, you know. yeah, yeah. He, hella. All right, so uh, we're going to move on from It's a Bad, Bad World. We're going to get into the uh, favorite line, which is our last bit we're going to do before we pitch you next week's film. The Prestige. Oh, the Prestige. Yeah. Stealing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I just got to go for it. I got to just take it. It's the best line. I mean, I, I don't know how it, how could you actually answer without saying this line, right? Yeah. Wakanda forever. Oh, that's no, I'm no. joking. <laughs> it's the Michael B. Jordan line. Yeah, at the yeah. end, just throw me in the bury yeah, me in the ocean. Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors because they knew that uh, was death bad. was better than bondage. Living in bondage. Yeah, it, it's such a powerful ending to a movie when, like, you think about what you've just watched and you're like, oh yeah, that, what, what a what a strong movie. And you're like, Marvel, you know, uh, black everything, black culture representation. And then it's like he makes this, this he says this line. You're like, wow, Jab, just a, and it's sick. Drops the bomb, and you're like, whoa, this movie was so much more impactful than I even realized. And all the social things they speak on throughout the movie about like it's like Najobu's I'm with him if you're sitting there and you're watching your brothers and sisters die all around the world when you know that you have the power to save them like wouldn't you want to do something about right. it you know it's and just it like sets up the conflict later in the story and yeah. it's like yeah yeah and the stuff. I think honestly this movie suffered from overhype just because if you go back and you watch this movie which we all will in a few months when it comes out on DVD and I bet you it'll be so much better yeah I bet you it will this movie's yeah I mean it, we didn't have the conversation about how high on the MCU list it is because I think it'll be better to revisit that a few months from now yeah the other two that we have are Hey Auntie which is a good one yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and Do You Think Your Ancestors <laughs> Paid a Fair Price which is also a very good one and then I had one more that I'd written down I think I wrote it down um shit 
Uh, oh, it's when Michael B. Jordan's dying, and he's like, like imagine that, just a stupid kid believing in a fairy tale. Yeah. Like, while he's dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was just, it was one of those moments where you're like, this is why Michael B. is going to be one of the biggest people in the world. Yeah, yeah. He was so, great. those are our favorite lines, guys. Uh, we would love to talk about yours, but we just don't have much time. Yeah, we, we only have, uh, I mean, there's the conversation, totally ridiculous, totally legit, ridiculous with legit. I think we can just agree. This movie's totally legitimate. Totally legit. Yeah, there's, there's like nothing about it that's really funny at all. No, other than the moments that are supposed to be funny. Yeah, so I think we agree there. Uh, we only have one last thing left to talk about, and that's going to be the pitch. Better every time. I am getting good uh, at that. We're doing Annihilation next week. Thank God the reviews came out this morning. And it's good? Yes. Oh, yes. Weird, but it's good. We were worried it was going to be bad. Yeah. There's something about the embargo, right? Yeah, the embargo yeah. didn't left till 6 this morning. So, uh, But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it. I will be seeing it uh, probably tonight, maybe. I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. It comes out tomorrow. Yes, right? yeah. yes. I might have to actually see it tomorrow now that I think about it. Anyway, we'll deal with that later. But um, I am very excited. I'm for so some, excited. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be incredible. We can't wait to talk about that. Great cast, great people. Andrew's uh, doppelganger is in the film. He is. And also, uh, speaking <laughs> of Andrew's, um, we have a new general in the army. We've talked about it. We will be doing Quigley Down Under on the show Soon. Uh, sometime in the next month. Yes. Uh, we've got a lot of new releases coming out, I believe, since... We are going to be around. We're going to do Annihilation and then Red Sparrow. And then I think there's one more. And then we might do Quigley. But we'll keep you guys posted. But we do thank you. Yeah. Mr. General. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, We'll be shouting out some others. Go check out the Patreon.com slash Team Action. You can see there's a brand new video going up today talking about some of your top five lists that you Mm -hmm. guys have sent in. Fans of this show have put together. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. You guys can find me at Andrew Guy. And you can find the podcast at AMA Podcast. And stay tuned for Nerds and Suits, guys. I got a brand new uh, anchor station launching that's going to be anchor.fm. Download the app. It's free. Find it. It's going to be movie reviews and news every single week. And uh, I'll be your new movie critic. So Congratulations, brother. There's your thing. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.